0: So what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner, and we have a very special episode tonight uh, that we're recording here in studio. I have part two uh, with Seth. What's up, Seth? How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Good to be back.
0: Yeah, it's good for you to be back as well. Can you pull up on that mic a little bit?
1: Yes, this is better.
0: That's better. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, it's great to have you back. We're gonna we had so much content from the last time. We're gonna just dump, jump back in and do a part two for it but um before we get into that um rosie what do you know yo <laughs> hey uh did you know that there is an exposed
2: breast on the flag of the state of virginia
0: <laughs> <laughs> is it a man or a woman it's a woman oh.
2: uh, uh no a man but it was said it was added to the flag in 1901 okay when the then secretary of the commonwealth of virginia felt Virtus, the roman goddess of virtue hmm. who's on the flag who at the time wore a full breastplate looked too manly.
0: Oh yeah,
1: you yeah. can't have that.
0: No. Well, now I mean, it would be it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like there is no you could be whatever gender you want. Yeah, yeah. who's to say? Pick your pick your gender. You can yeah. pick your gender, but you can't pick your friends' noses. Yeah. I mean, wait. Actually, how's that go? What? Not <laughs> oh, like that. Wait. It goes. You can pick your friends, and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friends' noses. That's right. And your friends can pick their own genders. Apparently. Mm. Yeah.
2: See, exactly. I thought I thought that's pretty progressive, like back yeah. in the time, because you know they have those. Uh, what are they? The women binders, chest binders now. Yeah. Okay. You know where they're trying to make their
0: small like disappear. <laughs> yeah. What a way to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never we know. How scared it. off half the people. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, no. <laughs> oh man, Rosie, it's good to have you back in the studio. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, so Rosie's doing a drop in for this episode. Uh, Jessica is not available. She's actually traveling, so. This is the perfect time for us to jump back into this topic, and um, we can kind of finish it out. We will, I want to say before we jump in, though, um, just remind our listeners that we do have an affiliate program with 7 Weeks Coffee. So if you are a pro-life coffee drinker, which is 90% of the people that I know. uh, Not me. Well, you're pro-life, though. Don't drink coffee. Don't drink coffee. Okay, but... For those that are other than Rosie, that are pro-life and drink coffee, we have an affiliate program with Seven Weeks Coffee. If you go into Seven Weeks Coffee and you buy a coffee, a bag of coffee for them, and you type in the promo all out war, lowercase one word, all out war, you get 10% off on your purchase. And 10% of your purchase also will go to Pro-Life Ministries. So uh, we want to encourage people to jump into there and take advantage of that. And not only do you bless those that are uh, believe in the right to life, but you also will help this podcast. So that's cool. And secondly, we have a Substack, And if you would go to substack.com, look for All Out War. You can find us. It's also on our Instagram within our links. You can go there on our profile. And we are going to put extra content in there from this particular interview that we're doing with Seth on this whole idea of cryptids so we'll have extra stuff there just for our Substack subscribers so go there and you also can find other content that we've done with joseph jordan and articles we've written and things like that that are there just exclusively for all out war listeners so having said that as i always like to say sit back grab a coffee and enjoy you're listening to the all out war podcast
1: For we are opposed
0: around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. Is not an alien force already among us? Because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds.
2: At some indeterminate moment, Christ's believers will be caught up, snatched up out of this world while the world goes on with a very very definite agenda.
0: Heck yeah. Once again, Seth, thank you for making that intro for us.
1: You're very welcome. Glad to do it.
0: I've had a ton of great feedback on that and people seem to really like it. I think it's amazing and it was a good change. It was a good change up after what 4 or 5 years that we had the other one. So Awesome. Awesome. What do you think, Rosie?
2: <laughs> it's very good. I just think it's funny <laughs> that you replaced your daughter's song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Maggie's a good friend. No, right, <laughs> no, right, that's no, right.
0: right. No. Maggie's not offended by that because she's she knows she's known Seth for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But um but I mean Seth in his own right. I mean he's a great musician, so oh,
2: I know. It's yeah. a lot better.
0: It's cool. I'm just
2: kidding. <laughs> oh. <I'm just, laughs> I wouldn't I'm say just it. No, I'm just kidding, no offense, Seth. It's I'm not a gonna, lot I'm better.
0: I mean, it is my daughter, but uh <laughs> just kidding. But uh no, I mean it was cool. And in that what we were using wasn't even intended to be used as an intro. She just let me Co-op it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I took it and I was like, hey, can I use this as an intro? I
1: recognized <laughs> it when I listened to the podcast. I was like, I know that song. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, anyways, let's, uh, let's jump in. We're going to part two of uh, Cryptids Through Church History. If you haven't listened to the first episode, it's uh, the first one we did with them. It was episode 168. And uh, so you go back and check out one episode number 168 and you can um, get caught up. Um, just briefly, we went over, just through church history, the this concept of cryptids. And, um, you know, there's just been, it's something that we were, I was joking around with you when we first had you on, that we've never done an episode on that. I think we did one on Bigfoot, you know. But, um, by the way, did you like the uh, meme I sent you about uh, fighting a Yeti? <laughs> I did. That was awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we got hand-to-hand combat against the Yeti. Mm. Um, was that...
1: A, a video game or something? I have no idea where what it came was from. That?
0: Somebody just made it into Sounds a meme. Mild. It was pretty cool though.
1: Yeah, it was entertaining. I liked it. But
0: um, it looked like the Yeti was getting his butt kicked too, which I just it's, don't think that would happen. It's
1: unlikely. And yeah. he was like the same height as the first. Right,
0: I know. Kissing. So unless that guy would was like you, six nine or something.
1: I love that we're I, like obviously not accurate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, come on! Everyone knows Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, I think
2: I think the most accurate. Um, depiction of like the Yeti or anything. Do Uh you remember that old in a video game? Hmm. Do you remember that old skiing game that I think came free with like Microsoft? I actually do know the downhill. And like, (laughs) once you go like two minutes into it, the Yeti starts chasing (laughs) you. As soon as you crash, (laughs) he comes and eats
1: you. I forgot about that. That's the most accurate (laughs) presentation. A friend of mine who's actually been a missionary in India for gosh, like 30 years now. Hmm. Um, he reminded slash corrected me uh a few weeks ago when we were talking he was like actually bigfoot and yeti are different and he he gave some distinctions that i completely forget (laughs) 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 apparently they're different and i guess he had some personal stories and people he knew had had different ones yeah
0: so anecdotally uh, I was watching a movie today because I was trying to get in the mindset of encrypted and stuff. And I mm-hmm. found a movie. I found a movie that came out in 2023. It's called it's It's called Big the Bigfoot Trap. And okay, and I watched like the first like 10 minutes of it because maybe 15 minutes of it because I mean it's totally a B movie. It probably went straight to video. There's nobody that you would know in it as an actor. Sure, but it was created by it was uh, financed by Showtime, so that oh. network got behind it a little bit. But um. But apparently, uh, this guy is makes this bigfoot trap, and he's gonna try and trap bigfoot in this like cage that he made. And you um,
1: make a movie out of one trap.
0: <laughs> well, th- <laughs> th- here's the funny thing though. So I, I don't, I don't wanna. S- spoilers but <laughs> but uh, spoiler alert, people. <laughs> yeah if, if you know if you're gonna watch bigfoot trap do not just pause it right now or fast forward yeah. um but basically this journalist is assigned to go out and like film him in in the whole reason they want to film him is not to see if he can catch the bigfoot but to show that he's so utterly stupid that there is no bigfoot mm. and so he tricks the he tries to trick the journalist by getting this guy dressed up as a Bigfoot. Okay. I've and the journalist actually, yeah. the journalist shoots the guy <laughs> and kills him. It's so and so then the guy gets mad and puts him in the Bigfoot trap <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> And so then there's a real Bigfoot that uh, shows okay. up at some point. I turned it off when I turned it off after a while. But yeah. That's there a there is a good uh
2: Bigfoot movie though. Yeah. It's called Willow Creek. I had to look it up. It was uh, from 2013. Okay. It's actually pretty good. as a horror movie. Do, do you oh, know cool. this or did you just Google
1: good Bigfoot I, No, I, cu-
2: <laughs> I, I couldn't remember the name of it because there's okay. like, there two different ones, and I couldn't remember which one was the good one.
1: Okay, and so you've seen it? Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Okay. It's okay. good. I'll take your
0: advice, yeah. yeah. There's also a new one coming out that's supposed to be like an emotional – like it goes through like all of the Bigfoot – like. Um, like the, the family and it's like mm. the birth and then like the feeding <laughs> and the what? raising and like all of the like things that Based they do. Based on absolutely nothing. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but no, for real, it's like coming out. I forget what it's supposed to be like a tug on your heartstrings kind of like Bigfoot that's movie so that's coming out. Okay. So
1: is it called Littlefoot?
0: <clears throat> no, no. It's like,
1: Oh man, it's like missed opportunity. The, the big, the
0: big feet, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bigfoots. What do you call them? What, what, what is the plural of Bigfoot? Bigfoot. Just Bigfoot. big feet, big, big feet. Foot? That's big what I'm saying. Feet.
1: Yeah, I don't, a big feet, I guess. <laughs> the big, Bigfoots,
0: the Bigfoot family. No, you just call them by their
2: last name. <laughs> the squatches.
1: The, yeah, yeah. Or like, <laughs> it,
2: I would be if I'm trying to be respectful. I would ask <laughs> yeah. them, "Hey, what's your last name?" Yeah. So I can call
1: you. Yeah, we, should be a, <laughs> we should be <laughs> on a last Nga name Sonsquatch. basis. Yeah, it might be Johnson, like the Johnsons. <laughs> <Yes>. That <laughs> might be hard to market. <laughs> People are like the Johnsons. The Johnson. Yeah. They pull it up, they're like, oh dear, the Johnsons need <laughs> to shave. S- the
0: Smiths, <laughs> yeah. the Johnsons. Yeah. But uh but anyways, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be this it's coming out. I think it might even be out already, but um, I've been getting um <laughs> I've been getting ads on Instagram mm. like, oh, for dear. it. So it's like a straight to video as well.
1: Awesome.
0: All right. So Seth, why don't you take it over now that we've derailed <laughs> yeah. the entire podcast?
1: Okay, so last time we covered a, we talked about a lot. But we barely scratched the surface, and I listened back to it, and it was like, oh man, <laughs> I, I, there's so many things that I missed, and and so I, I want to kind of back up just a little bit in the beginning, sure, real briefly, um, because at the end you would mention like, oh, I feel like I do and don't know anything about cryptids, <laughs> and I was like, wow, why didn't we actually talk about what that means? I wasn't thinking, um, that there are probably a lot of people listening that that may not know and may sure. not understand what. Especially understand what cryptozoology is because a lot of people will be like, oh, I've heard of Bigfoot and stuff like that. But they really don't understand what scientific cryptozoology is and what it means. So to start off with that, um, cryptozoology is the study of animals that we don't currently, and the currently part really matters, don't currently have enough evidence that mainstream science agrees that they exist. Hmm. Um, and I worded that fairly carefully. There are different definitions, of course, but... Um, there are different three different main categories when you study cryptozoology. Um, it will normally break down into the cryptids that are simply animals that aren't proven to exist, but some people say exist, right? Pretty simple. Then we have creatures that were thought to be extinct, but now are thought to still exist. Gotcha. And then we have the simple misidentifications. So uh, people think that... Some strange animal exists when in fact they just saw half of a real creature or something to that degree oversimplification But that's the idea. Yeah, so misidentification extinct creatures and thought to be extinct creatures and thought to not exist creatures Most of cryptozoology has to do with actual animals Um, It's not like people tend to think of cryptids and they think of Bigfoot mothman dogman stuff like that. Yeah, Um, but I, I personally feel like we need a different category uh, I've I've been referring to things like that as more of like super cryptids because it's more than just an animal, mm. right? There's generally something supernatural going on, or or my personal belief is that that stuff connects back to the nephilim, like we talked about in the last episode. Um, but there's something extra, so I think it's important to distinguish that because cryptozoologists, historically, and the very few that are left, um, they're they're not. Uh, generally interested in the paranormal activity although some of them have investigated that and that's that's a long story Um, so I wanted to kind of lay that definition out so after laying out those definitions um, I wanted to give an analogy that I think might help Um, because you know most people you hear cryptid you think oh it's kind of like hearing mythology oh something that's not real Um, And the point of cryptozoology is actually to investigate something that might be real, but we just don't know yet, right? Mm -hmm. And we have people saying that they are. You know, cryptozoology is not someone just comes up with an idea and and now we, we think that's an animal. It's, oh, locals, folklore, something like that is describing this creature. Maybe we should investigate it. So the analogy that I like to use is actually black holes because... We can't see black holes. <laughs> it's kind of part of the definition, <laughs> that it, it's, it sucks in light. You cannot see it. Um, so how do we know that they exist? We know that they exist because of the gravitational pull. That they have the effect that they have on the things around them. And so by looking at the things around a black hole, we're able to detect that there's something there. And that's normally the, the overarching process that's used for cryptozoology, where you you can't see the thing you don't know that the thing is there or not so you have to look at the things around it that are giving you evidence that it may or may not exist yeah. um so i thought a kind of fun way to start us off would be to talk about something that most people don't know was once a cryptid creature Ooh. okay and that is the panda bear mm. so this i love the story i think it's absolutely crazy <laughs> um this is literally part of history guys you can look it up it's very entertaining um, originally called the giant panda, it was sought out for over 60 years before it was finally found and proven to exist to Western zoologists. In the 19th century, stories of the black and white bears made their way to the Western world. In 1869, Armand David obtained a skin from a local hunters, but never saw one himself. Over the next 60 years, more than a dozen professionally outfitted and trained teams traveled to China and (laughs) searched for the elusive black and white bear to no avail for 60 years. It wasn't until 1936 that Mrs. William Harkness, who's actually her husband was in one of those teams and died looking for the panda bear, Hmm. which is like a both Epic and kind of odd (laughs) way to go. But that's, that's what happened. So she carried on what he was searching for and she found, she was the one who found a cub, brought it, back um, from northern china and gave it to the chicago zoo and moving forward everybody finally believed that they existed Um, i think this is a great showcase showing how something that we totally take for granted oh yeah panda bear it's in zoos everywhere yeah for how long was that it wasn't until the 19th century that we confirmed that they exist and of course i say we confirmed like western world chinese people weren't confused they weren't like oh i don't know like, there's no written record of the Chinese people being like, No, there's no. I'm sure, I'm sure maybe there's a few people who hadn't seen them, certain, and, and yeah, no, but they believed their husbands and, and, and those who were hunting and coming back, like, Oh, yeah, here's the skin. They were selling the skins, they had mm, the skin, right. they knew they existed. <laughs> so, it's a thing. Um, and it was a similar thing with the platypus and the okapi, and even the giraffe. There are a lot of animals, the yeah. yeah, the giraffe, yeah, yeah, so there were. People were like, oh, it's like a horse, but they have a super long neck. And people were like, that's not a thing. (laughs) That's not a thing. So you can go back uh, in time and find out so many animals that we totally take for granted Hmm. were actually cryptid creatures. Um, There Mm -hmm. wasn't official Western civilization, um, quote unquote, proof that they existed. And (laughs) both us and and Europe, all, all these nations were very arrogant. And we've kind of always had this stance of like, well, I haven't seen it. So it's not real. Um, And that's the importance of cryptozoology is to say, actually, we don't know everything. I like it because it's a sense of humility. We don't know everything. Um, And
2: I wonder if like one of the the problems that Westerners weren't able to believe in the panda is like when they're talking to these Chinese people, Mm -hmm. they're saying like, oh, no, 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 it's a bear. It's black and white. I'm not going to do a Chinese accent. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. I was yeah,
2: just waiting. Yeah, waiting. He just, just yeah. really wants. you It's a yeah. bracket right? Oh, <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, but they 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 throw in the kung fu. They're like the panda was doing karate, and they're yeah. like,
1: no way. <laughs> Did you just kung fu panda me right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: So I mean I get them. They're, I get why they were kind of. It took them a while to believe that is He they like, the one
1: who fights with the praying mantis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 The monkeys. Yeah. It's Jack Black, bro.
2: Yeah. But they exist. Kung Fu pandas do exist. They are the deadliest bears <laughs> because they also know seven different martial arts <laughs> styles. Oh,
1: <Yeah>. My word. <laughs> yes. Sorry. So sorry. No, that was funny. I liked that. <clears throat> Thank
0: you. Um. The, so the drunken panda is the worst. They're like the most dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You can't predict what they're going to do. No. You don't you know can't. their next move. They're just the <laughs> <tell them laughs> <out. They're> just... <laughs> and they're just doing the whole oh, anyways.
1: So anyways, um, there actually was a society called the International Society of Cryptozoology. And it involved a surprising amount of uh, doctors from around the world who were all involved in this society um, in the 20th century. It was founded in 1982 and it was... Actually, uh, its headquarters were in Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, it actually uh, closed down in 1998 um, because of essentially funding. That's what it came down to. Hmm. Um, But the president, the guy who was elected president of that organization, um, his name is Bernard (laughs) Huvelmans. It's French, so I'm sure I said it wrong (laughs) because I said it with an American accent. Um, But this guy is really interesting. Um, he actually, I'm gonna read from Wikipedia article, this cracks me up, this guy is crazy. So, it, in, so he first, he actually, he had a doctorate in anthropology and, and zoology, so yeah. very skilled to do what we're talking about. Um, and he literally wrote the book on cryptozoology, his book on the tracks of unknown <laughs> animals, what came out before the term cryptozoology came out. Hmm. And people reading his book, uh, professors and, and doctors said, this makes sense. Coined the phrase, and we're like, "This guy just started cryptozoology. And essentially, he traveled the world and using his um, his his trained skills and um, and and methods, he, he literally traveled the world looking for these animals, talked to locals, found some, um, disproved a lot. Um, but this this is the this is the quote from Wikipedia. This cracks me up. So in 1939, his doctoral dissertation concerned the teeth of an aardvark. I love that because can you imagine he's like at a bar talking to a girl and she's like, so what are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, my, actually I'm getting my dissertation. she's like, oh, and what? That's so impressive. And he's like, you know, Ardvar teeth actually. <laughs> like I just, maybe leave it alone, Bernard. Don't right. bring it up. <laughs> I'm just, um, I'm becoming a doctor. That's right. all you need to know. I'm a doctor. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so in World War II, he actually escaped from a Nazi prison camp Whoa. and later- Worked as a jazz singer in Paris. All right. This guy is a renaissance man. Yeah, he is, That's all man. I have to say. He He's really entertaining. He actually, um, it says here, if, if you keep reading, he actually was influenced a lot by um, Jules Verne hmm. and uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, books as well. So, those writings inspired him to search for things that people didn't think existed. Um, but he actually had the skills and the funding to do so, yeah. uh, which made a huge difference. So he put together this book and it was over 700 pages laying out. And at the beginning of it literally says, Zo- zoologists are not done. That's his like, yeah. his, his entrance into that. Well,
0: uh, it's not hard for me to believe that. Um, when you think about the ocean in itself, yeah. and like how we keep finding new fish, like mm-hmm. every year there's like a new. They're like, hey, we added to the species. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like you've got yeah. this giant thing that covers you know two thirds of the planet, and how much of it's un you know undiscovered? Absolutely. But did you ever hear about the um the legend of I don't know if it's a legend or what, but the pterodactyls of mm. the Amazon? Have you?
1: No, I don't know this. You have never heard that? Enlighten me.
0: So apparently there was uh I don't know what it was like maybe the forties, thirties or forties, or maybe even later later up into the sixties hmm. there was um a, these people were reporting that they were seeing pterodactyls, like you know, like the dinosaur yeah, yeah. era, you yeah. know, bird or whatever. Uh you if you bo- from like
1: billions of years ago, man. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yes. They were very old, very very yeah. grey haired, yeah. yeah. Very wise. <laughs> But they, you know, the jungle diet is just miraculous. So they were able to stay, you know, <laughs> very sense, fit. Yeah. and yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So apparently there was like these pterodactyls. And uh, I feel like I need to research, you know, I just off the top of my head. So I haven't, I don't have any notes in front of me or anything, but i was i feel like there was actually video like someone video camered it, really? like um like with an old oh, camera i'm hunting like, that down now yeah you should and it could be ob- obviously doctored i mean sure, sure. well now with ai you can just prompt it like easily give me pterodactyls in the amazon and then all of a sudden you've got like you know video footage yeah, yeah. but
2: if i remember correctly because the there are stories where like the investigator whatever uh rainforest people what <laughs> oh, explorers, ex- oh. explorers like, <laughs> yes, come yes. down from like the west and um, like talk to these guys. Like, oh, do you know any crazy stuff? And they're like, oh, there's like pterodactyls. Like, it was very, it was just like, nonchalant. Hack- yeah, you know, you just see them fly by, yeah, like, these big That's what a lot of
1: the writings we're going to look at today. That's kind of the attitude that a lot of them have,
2: right? It's like nonchalant. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Of course, there's pterodactyls, you yeah. see them
1: all the time. H- yeah. You mean the, yeah. I mean, I have, I, a, I have a pet pterodactyl.
0: If you don't like travel <laughs> the world, yeah. oh, that would be pretty, pretty shred. <laughs> What does he eat, man? Like, but if you don't travel, slim people don't like. Slim gyms. <laughs> slim gyms. Yeah. Slim the The guy's like, this is the fourth time you've been in this week. He's hungry. He's growing. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, can yeah, I yeah, say? Man. It's a gross spurt. He's teething. <laughs> he's teething. Peter the pterodactyl. But uh oh, man. But uh, anyways, they um, if you don't travel and you grow up in like a village, like that, and you mm-hmm. don't have access to western communication devices mm-hmm. like even newspapers sure you're gonna be you're gonna be like gets that is your life it's normal
1: well and even if you did nothing you read is going to tell you that's not normal right right yeah like so i, I went to kazakhstan last year and me, me and a couple friends. very nice stories. yeah <laughs> that was a good reference um yeah and, and we went to this uh we went to a zoo and in this zoo, they were like exotic animals. And one of the featured animals was a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it because it shows yeah. you the perspective. That's but, exotic for them. They don't yeah. have raccoons. The trash pandas. The trash pandas, <laughs> yeah. We're like, you mean those guys? But same thing with monkeys, right? Like We're like, mm-hmm. monkeys, that's so cool and crazy. And right. everyone who has monkeys like, dang monkeys. Yeah, always getting to my trash, always yeah. making a mess. They're right. loud at night. Uh-huh. Um, it's yeah. It's But it's that perspective, right? Um, and so I think it's important for us to step back, try to get a broader perspective and recognize, hold on, everyone does not have the same lens to look through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's absolutely critical. And even what you were mentioning with um, with AI and all of that, this whole topic, part of why it matters to me, and we talked a little bit about this last time, but part of why it matters to me um, is the importance of investigation. Hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people don't really use that word in day-to-day life, but like, genuinely, I think there people, most of the time, go very much too far on either side. If I say, oh, you know, giants existed according to the Bible and you immediately dismiss it and say, what? No, there's no proof of that, but you haven't investigated. I have a hard time respecting that. If I say giants exist and you go, oh, really? That's so cool. Giants exist. Hey, everybody, giants exist. <laughs> right, I don't respect yeah. that either. <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. you should investigate regardless. Like you yeah. shouldn't, you know, it's, it's an aspect of wisdom. You don't just take what's given to you and believe it. And you also don't dismiss it. Yeah. Either way, if a judge did that, you'd be fired. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's just like, nah, I don't need to see the evidence. You're going to jail. <laughs> like that's There ludicrous. are judges like that, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and also, too, like, just a lot of people feel if there's something, you know, there's this term cognitive dissonance. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you're being told something that you don't necessarily understand or believe, it's very difficult for you to lay aside biases and right. things so that you can try and learn. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to be able to investigate without adopting, Absolutely, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. I mean, that happens, you know. Many, many times um, I would be investigating theological positions on things for my own understanding and research and defense of what I believe, but you have to dig into what they believe in order to kind of understand them. And so um, people would find out, and they're like, why are you studying that? Like, Mm -hmm. are you becoming a preterist? Are you becoming this? Are Mm -hmm. you going to become a Calvinist? You know, whatever. And uh, no, I want to know what they believe because I want to understand more fully Right. For my own purposes. So it's okay to look into things and not adopt their beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. You know. I mean, that's,
2: I, that's the mark of like actually being intellectually honest and being like smart. Like if you can, I mean. <laughs> Thank or, you, or just I've been waiting five so, so <laughs> years. To, <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go, there you go. <laughs> Finally. But, like, to be able to hold a position and be objective about it and see, okay, is there anything here to it? And then if there isn't, just throw it away. Yeah, right. Like, that's something that is a very good thing that I think you can just learn how to do. You don't have to be, you know, a 70 IQ like me, you know, so smart over here uh, <laughs> to that. do that. Um, <laughs> but I think a big thing to kind of tie it back to this is, like we were talking about with the Giants, and especially, you know, our audience is Christian, where this is all coming through the Christian lens yeah. to, you know, be better think you know uh, better thinkers about your bible you know yeah, as yeah i've absolutely. listened to a lot of mike um but uh i i think maybe christians when they hear about something that they weren't necessarily taught their whole life mm-hmm. hearing from the pulpit or they hear the sethite view mm-hmm. or something stupid and <laughs> yeah um s- such as the sethite view <laughs> is very dumb um but it's also important to like n- go too far in throwing out everything Absolutely. else. And I think I that's agree. something that is very important to just because someone is pointing out something that's in the Bible. Clearly, you yeah. know, you, everything you're taught, you've talked about in the last episode and we're going to get into, it's all biblical references, right? Yeah. That's the whole thing. Um, and just because you didn't hear it, Preach from the, the pulpit right. does not mean that like you have to throw out everything out of the Bible. Cause right. I think that's something there's been this whole deconstruction mm-hmm. thing where all of a sudden people are like, Oh, I heard, I found out this one thing about the Bible. I saw a the video on TikTok,
1: oh. Right. <laughs> and
2: then all of a sudden they throw out, Oh, Jesus isn't real. Paul's stupid, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, all this stuff. And they just go completely like it's So yeah. just because there's something in the Bible that you may have not known about. Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean that like Jesus didn't exist or didn't die for your sins. Right. I think that's very important also to like be able to, you know, there's like a humility in it that like, yeah, hey, maybe like I don't know everything about the Bible, and I yeah. every time I Can read it, I it. learn something new. Absolutely. So I think that's uh, also kind of this um, right sizeness, mm. right sizeness yeah that people when you read something is like don't throw everything out just because yeah you were never taught that giants existed it's okay yeah like everything else is okay
1: i'm always trying to ask myself the question what if i'm wrong right right yeah and so i'm i mean because i did not get to this place by thinking i was right the whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> not yeah. at all yeah like man if you asked me any of this stuff i would have been like what are you insane like but it's through genuinely studying and through studying how to study yeah like learning yeah. hermeneutics and and you know i've been taking seminary courses through logos which is awesome um very cool learning that stuff talking to people who know what they're talking about doing genuine research making real connections it um it should convince us right if, if we have good reason to believe and at any point in time if i if i find something that just absolutely obliterates uh, part of my paradigm then i'm like okay if th- if this is solid mm-hmm. if this is i'm not i'm not i do not do it lately right yeah. but i'm always willing to admit that something's wrong and i need to be able to shift my paradigm i think it's really important mm-hmm. um for us as believers um to recognize specifically like not even just as believers but the tendencies of our american culture mm-hmm. specifically it's it, we're really at a disadvantage that we've been essentially trained yeah and make it's make like sense.
0: you know, uh, like Rosie's saying. I think it's you know, you you chew the meat, spit out the bones. Yeah, that's part of, one of the methods. You know, so you might find information that's as a whole, it's maybe not something you want to refer to, but there's some truth into it. So Absolutely. you want to pull that out, extract that, and and keep that. But um, so let's yeah, let's go let's back into the. So we talked about the panda bear. We talked about the father of cryptozoology. Crypt- Crypto-
1: yes, yeah, thank you. you. Got it. Um, so that guy, uh, Bernard Hebelmans, um, he wrote that book that I mentioned, On the Track of Unknown Animals. And in part two, chapter one, um, he addresses the concept of the dog-headed race that we briefly talked about. Um, and we're going to talk a lot more about today, um, really specifically because it has the most documentation I could find on a cryptid. <laughs> nice. Um, and it, and m- about roughly half of it pertains to the church. Granted, a lot of that is Catholic Church, uh, but nonetheless, it's part of, of uh, church history, um, at least by definition. So um, in this chapter, he makes an argument. I'm, I'm only going to read a little bit from it because it's a lot. <laughs> um, you know, he, he, he is a doctor, so he kind of goes off on a whole bunch of stuff. And essentially, his um, argument is uh, people got confused. That's kind of like the summary was, yes, Uh, there are these writings by, he mentions four, he mentions Marco Polo, Pliny the Elder, Tejas, and Megathenes, and he looks at them and he he says, well, you know, Pliny kind of took from Tejas, and and Megathenes is quoting him as well, and Marco Polo probably was just influenced by them, so he kind of chalks it up to they're probably copying from each other, um, and then and then he, he literally says, you know, but perhaps this is him talking about Marco Polo, he says, but beha- perhaps um, his imagination had merely been influenced uh, by the tales of Pliny and mm. Tejas, which were very popular in the Middle Ages. And then um, as he continues, he's he, he's talking about two creatures. Actually, he's talking about pygmies and he's talking about um, the dog headed race. And he says, um, on the other hand, his dog headed and tailed Chalestrians, because that was the name. Uh, Granted, that was translated twice or three times, (laughs) so it doesn't sound like that. I don't know what it sounds like in the original Indian tongue, but uh, the Cholestrians uh, look more like a monkey that also lives in the Western Ghats, the Wanderoo or the lion-tailed monkey, a black macaque with a large gray mane like a prophet's hair and beard. And he says prophet's hair and beard because that's a phrase that's referenced from um, the guys that he was quoting earlier. Then he says, probably the two legendary creatures have been confused. The Vedas, which is actually a, a, a local tribe um, of people, becoming more beast-like and the monkeys becoming more human. Hmm. So his argument was, hey, you know, here's some similarities. We're talking about the tail and the beard and um, here's similarities over here with the pygmies. And he was like, well, it looks like they've confused the people with the animals and the animals with the people. Um, I really respect him and his work. Uh, but this part i i disagree with um because he he mentions four um four sources but i found you know at least 25 specifically just um historical documents hmm. and i'm not including you know all the other like encyclopedias and bestiaries and and maps and all these other things that talk about them just like from historians and explorers who wrote about them that i've found so far yeah um and when you put that together, there's really, there's a larger picture that, that's really hard to ignore. But even the the person that he was quoting from, when you think about this, it doesn't really make sense. Because I'm going to read you just a little bit. Because <laughs> T just goes into a lot of detail about this dog-headed race um, in India. But here's a here's a quote. Um, this is from the Indica Fragment um, by Fodius. Um I do have... Um, all these references that I'm mentioning are on the blog post. that's already um, on there. Actually, there are a couple that aren't, but they'll be in the book. Uh, but most all of them most all of them are, are on there, so you can check that out. But I will do my best to mention them specifically so people can um, hunt it down. Yeah, and, and we'll
0: put the link on the show notes. Perfect. So anybody perfect. listening can click right through to it.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Um, so he says, on these, the Indian mountains, there live men with the head of a dog <laughs> whose clothing is the skin of wild beasts. That's interesting. <laughs> Aren't they mm-hmm. wild beasts? Uh, according to certain people. Uh, they speak no language but bark like dogs and in this manner make themselves understood by each other. Okay, so they're communicating by barking. Uh, their teeth are larger than those of dogs and their nails are like those of uh, these animals but longer and rounder. So okay. these animals referring to dogs. They inhabit the mountains as far as the river Indus. Their complexion is swarthy. They are extremely just like the rest of the Indians with whom they associate. Okay, they associate with the Indians. That's interesting. They understand the Indian language but are unable to converse, only barking or making signs with their hands and fingers by way of reply, like the deaf and dumb. Hmm. They use sign language to communicate with humans. That's a really interesting claim. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here it says, they are called by the Indians, Cholestri, and in the Greek, Cinocephaly. Uh, which means dog-headed. They live on raw meat and number about 120,000. So I'm going to throw a theory out. Please do. Birth defect. So it's actually really interesting that you brought that up. Um, That is a really big part of the um, early church argument was, are these just people with deformities? Yeah. And that's what well, we mentioned briefly. Um, Saint uh, Augustine, he he brings it up and says, "Well, are we to treat this any different than any other deformity?" Right. That right. was his kind of perspective. And again, he was he was fairly objective about it. He's like, "I'm not saying they do exist. I'm not saying they don't. I don't know. Yeah. But if they do, so why would we treat them any differently?" Now, what's interesting is
0: because I'm not thinking more of like i I'm thinking like a genetic, like yeah. strain. That has affected a certain group, group of people. Yeah, of people. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right. No, that, that, that's that's a genuine what, concept that a lot of what people. Do you have
2: no, yeah. I, I was just thinking. My first instinct uh, was, do you mean that like some dogmen were born and then they all hung out together and then became like a tribe?
0: Like, <laughs> I guess so. I I mean. <laughs> not being there but and also like not town, being a, like oh
2: it's like finding out you both like the same kind of music like, and then you're gonna go hang out together like the spider like, you the look sp- like this too
0: the spider man meme where they're all like pointing at each yeah. other like, oh no, my word <laughs> but no i'm thinking more of like a it's a genetic trait that would pass through a certain group like maybe it started through a family and then they mm. expanded and then as they had kids then it would pop up yeah you know down the line and then eventually all the dog heads just kind of hung out in the same village or, whatever, or yeah, and I guess you wouldn't,
2: to take that even further, like you, if you get, I don't know, ten, five men, five women, you can kind of replenish. Yeah. yeah they just started <laughs> I, interbreeding with themselves. I think and, that's
1: the idea that a lot yeah. of people believe. But what you're you're saying, Turner, there were a whole bunch of theories, as is you keep reading all the, the different documents and letters and things that I've found, a um, whole bunch of theories to yeah. skip ahead. Some of that is, yeah, deformities. Some of it is... Um, that they actually they actually essentially evolved into that over time. This is before you know theory of evolution was a thing right that they might have evolved into that over time because they lived in these rough terrains and and far ends of the earth, kind of a thing. um <laughs> so which that seems less likely., uh, but there are a lot of different theories. um people were, it's what's crazy is that people were trying to figure out what they were. They weren't trying to figure out yeah. if they were there,
0: right. That's yeah. true. That's
1: what stood out to me. I was like, wait, why is no one saying why well, I don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, of course augustine did and there were a handful of people in fact i don't want to to neglect the fact that there were many writers in the past who spoke against it yeah and they were like what this is crazy that this can't make any sense but none of their arguments were sound it was basically yeah. like i don't believe it mm-hmm. right there was no like actual argument and i was surprised because some of these were really high-end thinkers and scholars of the day and they're <laughs> just like what that's crazy which i understand it sounds insane um but remarkably like I don't want to say most cultures, but a lot of ancient cultures totally regarded this as a thing um that which we'll see as we as we continue to yeah. read. So um the one of the people that he also uh, quoted from was was Pliny the Elder. And here's a, a brief quote from Pliny the Elder in Natural History, um, books seven, chapter two, verses forty through forty-one. <laughs> it says, On many of the mountains, again. There is a tribe of men, so he describes it as a tribe, which is normally has a patriarchy. So that's interesting for the for the mm-hmm. concept we we're just talking about. Who have the heads of dogs and clothe themselves with the skins of wild beasts, very similar to to the uh, statement we just heard from from Cicis, Uh rather. Um, Instead of speaking, they bark and furnished with claws, they live by hunting and catching birds. Okay, that's different according to the story as given by Tejas, the number of these people is more than 120,000. So it seems as though he's quoting Tejas at the end. And he's mentioning, obviously, that one line seems very similar, but as we keep going, it's similar everywhere. Um, so it's hard to know that he was he was quoting him there. Um, it's very possible that that first part is where he was quoting Megathenes. And, and I, I totally agree with Bernard Hevelmans when he says, after the quote that I read, he's like, it's hard to know the way that Pliny quotes He's not, telling you exactly what he, who he's yeah, quoting from.
0: It's not definitive. Yeah. It's not definitive. Yeah. And
1: so that's part of why it's confusing. And furthermore, um, it actually makes sense that there was some confusion with he's like, thinking that there are, uh, they might simply be monkeys because Pliny the Elder, in a different chapter, um, he actually says, um, he says this. He says um, in ch- chapter 6, um, verse 194, that's a big one, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the African side, um of the Ethiopian kingdom of Moroi are the Medimini. And then a nomad tribe that lives on the milk of the dog faced baboon, so Sinuscephaly <laughs> baboon.
0: <laughs> so now we've gone from dog men to dog, dog baboon. Yeah,
1: and so there are actually a lot of different um passages that will that will talk about dog headed ape versus dog-headed men hmm. that concept comes up because it's just a word yeah right that that greek word cynocephaly just means dog-headed so when you say cynocephaly men or race of cynocephaly or met race of men with the heads of dogs that is very different than saying dog-headed ape
0: okay now the theory mm-hmm. do you think they took you know a baboon is a pretty it's a bigger primate yeah do you think that they might have confused them and you know primates are pretty intelligent they can be intelligent yeah. and especially when it comes to like food or tool making
1: they're actually pretty innovative absolutely um do you think that they could have confused it that is the prevailing modern theory oh, okay um the problem with that is that we have writings talking about these guys all over the world where baboons absolutely do not exist mm. so what's the explanation over there like
0: where they're just not they're not even uh yeah like in that well like area like europe and right yeah like
1: scandinavia well there aren't baboons in scandinavia right or or you know like or even libya at that time how, wait how do you know there's no scandinavian <laughs> you ever
0: you ever seen them those sweet swedish baboons that's right they're blonde oh. hair <laughs> and they <laughs>
1: blue eyes yeah <laughs> blue oh. eyes and
0: blonde hair and they sit in the hot baths in the hot in the hot uh what are those uh the, the hot sauna like you're gonna say hot time like, no like the um springs the hot springs yeah the hot springs yeah, 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 they, yeah. You
2: know, the fjords the fjords, the fjords. <laughs> are they Are they, it really a fjord oh, that's not
1: a fjord no yeah. no the hot spring is it's like just fun to say
0: it, i yes. think there are hot springs are mostly in like uh another they're not necessarily in scandinavia yeah, yeah. Something like that. um it's all the same so
1: the, yeah so that is the the prevailing modern theory uh, there's two yeah it's it's oh there are baboons which in my opinion doesn't hold up and i could talk a long time for for why that's the case um, and then there's also the other theory, which is, oh, they were just talking bad about people. Mm. You dog-headed people. Oh, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
0: that's like a slur. Yeah, some kind. they yeah. think
1: it's 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 racial degradation. That doesn't hold up either, because the passage we just read from teaches and many others says they were very just and 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 not this one, but other ones say very wise. Mm-hmm. And so that's not something you say about people yeah. you don't like yeah. that you're trying to just do and
0: wise, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't it doesn't add up either. So what I'm looking for, and I'm again ready to be proven wrong but I'm I've become more ex- convinced that these things might have very well existed because all of the arguments against them don't hold up. like they, I, from everything I've read it's like they don't travel two feet without making no sense you know you, you because when you look at the larger picture and I, I don't I genuinely don't understand because I'm not the first person to figure this out right I, I've, I've read academic articles where people are citing all of these guys. And they're like, well, clearly it's all fictitious. And I'm like, okay, but like I want to hear your argument, like based on what? Yeah, yeah. You don't have one, right? Because they're not even starting to think that that might be a possibility, which I understand, because so it sounds crazy.
0: At the root, though, this connects to Genesis six. I believe so. With, with especially where Enoch, you know, highlights some of the things that the, you know, the fallen angels were right.
1: And that's why we land. That's why we laid that groundwork in the last episode. Because I thought it was really important to show there's a biblical worldview for this. Right. There's a biblical perspective for this, not just for the dogma, but like for all these creatures in general. the The general concept, because I'm what I'm not saying, everybody. <laughs> what I'm not saying is that every cryptid creature that people have mentioned exists. Right. There are tons of cryptid creatures that are proven to absolutely um, not exist. And how do you do that? Because you, that's next to impossible to prove something doesn't exist. If you prove that, for example, like. Um, there, there are a few that turned out to be scams that were being um, put out by real estate owners who are trying to get people to leave town.
0: Right, right, yeah. And yeah. so, like,
1: you under, you know, you find out. Okay, I'm uncovering that this is actually just a scam. So stuff like that will happen You'll find. Out, okay, this is this is made up. So again, I don't want to believe something just because I've heard it or just because I've read it. I've been accused by some people of like, oh, you you people who just assume if something was written, then it's true. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> right. No, I, I, that's but not I what saw it a TikTok
0: on. about it. <laughs> exactly. I saw this guy on Instagram. Yeah, it was so convincing. Wait, there was a podcast. They were going to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, was this all that war thing? <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Yeah, it's indisputable. <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah, yeah. again, I, I think it's really important that we, we use our heads and we do the research. And this is part yeah. of why it's important to me that I do convey the passages and the, and the citations to you guys, because I'm hoping that someone will actually look it up. You know, I really want people who are genuinely curious to actually do the research and read the things that I'm reading because, one, it's kind of fun, <laughs> but two, it's very, it's very convincing and it challenges your perspective of, of the world. Really, it's like, what, what is my worldview? Is it actually containing um, a category for creatures like this that the biblical worldview absolutely contained a category right. for? And you know, we didn't even get into a lot of them, but Leviathan, right?
0: Yep. yep. You
1: know, Behemoth which totally sounds like a a long neck or whatever that creature is. Right. Yeah. Um, we briefly talked about, uh, the chimeric creatures that are in the bottomless pit, right? There are a lot of things that show up. Satyrs, you know, uh, that passage that may or may not talk about, um, the dog headed race. Um, Lilith, there's so many that pop up. In fact, well, there's one we'll, we'll talk about later in the, uh, the members only. Oh, the, <laughs> that the we'll sub stack. Yeah, look yeah, at yeah. that. I just I just gave you some value there. Here thank you. you thanks. <laughs> thank, thank, good job. Um, that we'll talk about later. That uh, seems to refer to to some pretty. i like, do I even say? Come it? on, Yeah, say they, it. They they, they, they it. refer to some pretty vampiric sounding creatures. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, not at all. Hollywood so, vampires, guys. So but something else. <laughs> so
0: you've done a ton of reading on this, yeah. and um, so I'm a gonna I want to pick your brain for a second. Go for it what because the big thing of this is like we're talking so say Genesis six is the the impetus for yeah a majority of these cryptids that come out and it's through animal husbandry for those that don't know, apparently the fallen angels taught uh, in exchange for the women so that they could create you know they could procreate. Um, they gave technology and information, and so that according to Enoch, it was you know drugs. They taught them how to use herbs right. and things like that, and witchcraft. then you know, witchcraft, the mirror, uh, weaponry, and makeup, ornaments. Um, yeah. So, but animal husbandry was one of the other things mm-hmm. that is mentioned in there, and um, the thought was that they were genetically experimenting, and so you have the mythology of like. Um, the minotaurs and the centaurs right Cent- is it centaurs centaurs and and so those may not be mythological at all they may have actually existed during the time of genesis 6 right but they're and after yeah and after Hopefully. but those days and afterward right that's right yeah but they're and 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 that's the whole another debate is like how do they how do they show up after the flood come back yeah Yeah, like so
1: incursion theory versus single incursion theory yeah
0: so and that's like a whole nother episode (laughs) absolutely and and um ken johnson has and and he has some good insight on that and so does um does uh, ryan Peterson.
1: yeah
0: um and they actually don't agree with each other which is cool so it's good to learn both sides sides of it and then la marzulli has his uh, you know mm-hmm. position on it too so yeah there's a lot of information out there on how did the nephilim show up back up and we know they showed up because it's literally written in the bible because of david and goliath right. as one point and then also the king of og yeah in, no
1: deuteronomy two and three
0: yeah yeah well one two and, and two. then all of the you know the spies going in in joshua you know they right. saw the men yeah so verse 13
1: yeah, uh, that that's what that's what links numbers thirteen thirty three is literally what links the Nephilim to uh, Genesis six four. It's the only other place in the Bible where that shows up, and so you're able to follow that trail. I was literally just talking to a group of people about this actually earlier today. Yeah, that you can follow that trail and you follow the words and the names of the tribes and you watch it branch right. out. Yeah, and you find out oh these were all these tribes that are involved with that and First Chronicles twenty is, gives us some specifics about giants as well. Yeah, so definitely there after the flood.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there's no – I don't think anyone disputes that. Yeah. It, you're either – like you were saying, you're either on a pendulum. Like you're either – they never existed yeah. at all, or and it's just, you know, whatever. <laughs> they were just making their enemies – you know, in the Bible, they were just making their enemies look bigger than they were
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, for the sake of some story. Um, With oh, extra
1: fingers. Right, right, yes,
0: <laughs> and rows of teeth and all the other yeah, things, yeah. you know. But um, so I guess my whole point on this thing was that, like, the if they were – if if Genesis six was the origin story for these creatures, these cryptids, mm-hmm. how do they continue to spread and like why haven't we? I guess we've got people that are actually looking for them, and even I feel like with the with the invention of the cell phone, mm-hmm. this is what the irony of like the blurry creature um, situation with the Sasquatch. Like they're always, they're like blurry, like the whole, that's the whole point of that, the title of that podcast. Yeah. And um, I love the comedian that talks about like, um, he's like, well, maybe he's actually blurry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, He's physically blurry. (laughs) He's like blurry. Yeah. Like maybe there's,
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I thought that was funny uh, when I heard it. I was like, dude, that's hilarious. But um But, yeah, the whole idea of, like, we have technology. Why aren't these things showing up? Why aren't we finding them more? Or do you think that as we get closer to the last days, as we are, Mm -hmm. they're going to start, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man, we'll Mm -hmm. start to see these things popping up, and they'll be unexplainable to a lot of people?
1: to answer the last question first, um, I think so, especially because of what I've been hearing from other podcasts I've been following and other, other people who are writing about it. Um, online, which again I don't believe off the bat. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. But there have been a lot of a lot of the interviews, uh, sp- specifically the ones with uh, Tony markle on the Confessionals podcast. Mm-hmm. Those people who are describing what they experienced very interesting because some of them are like it was horrifying. This is what my experience. I have P- literally have PTSD. Mm-hmm. Like my therapist can confirm. Like this, that this. Well, Whatever it, happened freaked I can me imagine. out, Yeah, it, I mean, it would be um, pretty
0: freaky. Yeah, if
1: I saw that, I would, well, actually, I'd probably laugh a little bit because I'm like, I've been looking into you. <laughs>
2: um, but <laughs> I don't know, man. It starts running away from you. You're it's like, enough. I have so
1: many questions. Yeah,
2: it's it's like, good, like, not him. Wait, no. I'm just trying to feed. <laughs> like it, Yeah. Not it's set. the Seth guy.
1: Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Stop writing the book. So yeah. um, starts
0: barking at his buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. But then some of them are actually saying, oh, no, actually, I played with them as kids. You're like what <laughs> like hey yeah, i played with them as a kid like they were actually nice to me and i'm like that sounds like yeah crazy and when I, uh, if you're listening i'm not saying you're insane i'm saying the story <laughs> sounds crazy it sounds crazy yeah. um uh, it's it's wild and so when you hear things like that it reminds me of the things i'm reading some people and certain because it differs we're talking about different tribes all over the world yeah right yeah they're going to be different and some of them are like they're cannibals. Other ones like super civilized, really wise, they have tons of weapons, they have kings, they have government like it's very detailed it's a hierarchy of authority. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like full on nation.
2: The ones with the Rottweiler heads are the <laughs> the, the, the badass ones and the one yeah, with yeah. the Chihuahua heads just get picked on. Oh my on. Gosh. And the Golden Retrievers are the
0: one everyone loves. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, the variety actually does show up. We see jackals with some, we see wolves with other, others and full massive dogs according to marco polo marco polo so, yeah marco polo's in there you know he, um,
0: you know, he invented pizza he, he discovered pizza i'm sorry what <laughs> you not know wait, wait wait was it with in or India? without pepperoni did you it doesn't know count if it doesn't have probably pepperoni. not with pepperoni but <laughs> did you know marco polo brought back pizza from china and and the italians stole it as their own
1: that makes sense because we know for a fact they did not
0: it's a me a mario <laughs> yeah mario is the guy eating eat my pizza <laughs>
2: <laughs> not a thing but um, yeah hey, um, mario though that's another guy that had to fight with the cryptid yeah the girl oh, oh
1: yeah dude, and straight bowser. stole his girl yeah bowser yeah. all over the place i mean yeah. what are those dude, little mushroom guys i'm more scared of them
0: dude the mushrooms <laughs> what's going dude, on it's there threaded through our culture people just need to open their eyes mm-hmm. <laughs> oh dear wake up sheeple (laughs) wake up sheeple the japanese have
2: been telling us this whole time (laughs) and remember godzilla (laughs) yeah every the japanese have just been an open book they're like we are telling you
1: mothra yeah 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 um all right i have lost track what was the first thing you asked though
0: no we're good let's just move on wait but i felt like it was important it was just talking i was talking about just basically like um like the different um culture you were talking about the different cultures how that some of them see them as like wise and some see them as cannibals right and we were just talking about how they like the legends have just kind of filtered through different cultures and w- the origin story was genesis six and just kind of how did it
1: i feel like there was something else yeah how did really it come how say. did they come back we'll get back to it yeah um but yeah so this uh this concept is historically known to first come up and I'm going to kind of add to this later, but first come up uh, in the writings of Herodotus, who's known as the father of history. Yeah. Um, And he says in history's book four, he doesn't really have like smaller chapters, so I can't give you anything (laughs) better than that. Uh, (laughs) But in book four, he he says, uh, for in the land of these are found both the monstrous serpent and the lion and the elephant and the bears and the venomous snakes and the horned asses. Oh, and, uh, you know, the dog headed men. Mm. Just slides it in there, just like Genesis Six is like, yeah, and then flame, well, renowned, yeah, yeah. Keeps What's going. a horned ass? That's what I want to know. Cause... Uh, try to convince me it's not a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. So actually, no, I've seen no. a lot of pictures of them. Um, they've just like come a, up a ram. I, it no, it literally looks like a donkey, and it has sometimes one, sometimes two horns. <laughs> it, it's I don't know. It's oh. and it does not look like a unicorn. Hmm. No, it's like curved yeah. down. Oh, like it's in front weird. of it. Or up and it depends. Okay. Yeah, cool. I, I I don't know if that existed or not, but it shows up in a lot of illustrations and stuff. Um, so so that that's an interesting writing because yeah, he, he's not saying, guess what, guys, there's this race of duck-headed men in Libya. He just goes, oh yeah, and you know, of course, according to the Libyans, you know, they have duck-headed men in Libya. That's a thing. Right. And you know, if you if you go to Libya, they they literally have. Rock art. i can't remember if i mentioned this last time or not. no you didn't but there's rock art tons of rock art showing dog-headed people interesting and it's very well known archaeologists are like yeah this is weird what's like why is that a thing yeah what does this mean and they're just like perplexed it's like that's strange they
0: probably say oh they're wearing masks or something that, yeah. yeah
1: that's that's a common one yeah. um, but i i respect that a lot of archaeologists are like yeah, i don't know yeah i totally expect saying i, I totally respect saying i don't know so um so that's fascinating. There's A bit of a connection, a bit of a corroboration there um, with what Herodotus is saying. It's actually, oh, should, I shouldn't even say this because I don't have the citation in front of me. Oh, but I believe I believe that's on the blog post. Okay. And if it's not, guys, I'm going to go back and add it. Yeah, so, well, yeah, it. Well, so say um, it and then we'll... But, so, yeah, I'll, I'll try to do this from memory, but um, Strabo, was a well-known, uh, less of a philosopher, more of a, a scholar in general... Um, he was critiquing several people, including Pliny the Elder and Megathenes, and all them saying it's like, oh, these guys like they don't know what they're talking about. And in his writings, he's specifically critiquing um, in this this part, he's critiquing Homer and Hesiod, hmm. so poets
0: like Homer the from the Iliad, correct? Yeah, yeah.
1: And Hesiod, both of them, a long, long time ago, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, which the Greeks all consider to be history books, by the way. <laughs> if you actually read Greek literature, like all of them are like, hmm. oh, yeah, that all happened, so, which is fascinating. Um, and it includes Cyclops and all the craziness, right? Yeah. Um, which also show up a lot um, in association with the cynocephaly, which we'll get into later. Um, but he's, he's he's quoting these guys. He's like, these guys are nuts. Obviously, all these creatures couldn't have existed. And he mentions, oh, yeah, Hesiod mentioned this guy's and these guys and those guys, and then he says, and the Cynoscephaly. If that's true, which it would make sense, because why would you come up with something that you're arguing against, right? He clearly was like, "This guy's dumb. I can't believe he believes in that." It's very unlikely that you would make that up, right? Um, We don't have writings to talk about that, but it's well known that 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 most scholars believe there were tons of writings by Hesiod and and possibly even Homer that we just that were lost to time, right? Because we have so many other prolific writers who said, oh, yeah, and all the, these writings and those writings and were like, we don't have those. Um, so mm-hmm. it's very possible that he did write about them, and we just don't have that. And if that's the case, then Hesiod um, may have actually been the the earliest one to write about them, potentially. Wow. Um, which I thought was interesting, because most stuff, like if you're reading and you're going into more academic articles and books, they're going to be like, yeah, the earliest one is Herodotus, but potentially... It actually might have been Hesiod, um, which is like all the way back in the 800s B.C., mm-hmm. um, even further back than Herodotus. So I found that fascinating. Um, moving forward, because there's so much to go through here, and yeah. I, I want to provide more context. Um, there is an academic article called City of Dog, um, which is a kind of clever play on the Augustine C- city, city of God. God. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you guys got that. Uh, so Sam Otwell Soulsby wrote this in 2021. It was actually pretty recent. Um, and he, he he's a professor at um, Cambridge University. So he absolutely does not believe in the existence of the sinusophilae, and yet he has one of the most awesome articles i found on them. <laughs> oh, he great. knows his stuff concerning a lot of these things that were written. I wish I found it sooner because it took me forever to find all these sources, and he mentioned half of them, and I was like, man, I'm going to save so much time. Right, just yeah. found his article. Right yeah, in. but he, he has 130 uh, references in there. It's, it's wild. But wow.
0: But he probably um, has, just so you know, he probably has a team of students that yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, I need yeah. you to go research this. You go research Yeah, that. I'm, sure, I'm sure. Right.
1: I would love to have. Actually, uh, right now, I actually have a couple of people who are helping me out. Oh, right good. Um, students and, and professor who are helping me translate some Latin text, which is great. Awesome. Um, and a couple of things has been awesome. So anyways, that, that aside. So in this, in this article, he says... One of the most celebrated pieces of writing to emerge from the Carolingian period is a letter written in the mid ninth century by Ratramnus, a monk of Corby, to Rimbert, the future Archbishop of Bremen Hamburg. Rimbert had written to Ratchamnus from his mission among the pagans of Scandinavia, having heard reports of dog headed men in the vicinity. The question that exercised Rimbert was whether the cynocephaly arose from the line of Adam or possess the souls of animals. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to spend some time on because this letter is fascinating. It's pretty long. There's no way we're going to read the whole thing. I just put some highlights in here for us to go over and it's going to take plenty of time. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm looking at it. He's scrolling her. through going, <laughs> oh dear. Um, we'll try to make our way through it fairly quickly, but um, this letter, we're talking about two two monks talking to each other. Eventually, they, they both actually get promoted pretty high. Archbishop is pretty high in, in the yeah. Catholic Church. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these guys, as, as you read, and really pay attention to what they're saying, um, which if you're used to uh, doing uh, any kind of literature analysis, um, you'll pick up on pretty easily. Um, these two guys, this is so cool to me, they were launching an ethnographic and anthropological investigation on the sin- sinus and the uh, the investigation was not if they existed <laughs> it was what are they and should we be reaching out to them telling them about jesus or not <laughs> which is wild right and again ninth century so this is a while after jesus yeah right yeah. hundreds of years afterward yeah. um this is still a topic and actually it actually goes all the way up until to the, the 16th century this thing is still being talked the topic is still going on but in this letter um, he hits so many great points, and that's why I wanted to read through some of it with you guys. So it's called Epistola de Sinoscephaly. That's Latin, just means the letter on the topic of uh, the Um As found in the Carolingian Civilization, a Reader. That's the name of the book, Carolingian Civilization, a Reader. <laughs> Edited by Paul Edward Dutton, and this is on pages um, 452 through 455. We're not going through those pages. These are just the highlights from it. Um... So it says here, I was very pleased that you remembered, this is the beginning of the letter, I was very pleased that you remembered my request and wrote to me what you were able to ascertain about the nature of the cynocephaly. Pause. Ascertain how? We're not sure. He mentions a lot reports and and, and common opinions, um, but it's not clear, did Rimbert encounter them himself, or was it only from reports he was collecting from other people? Um, We don't know. It has a little bit of an error of the fact that he might have encountered them himself, but, um, but we don't have enough ground to stand on to say that that's the case. Um, He says, then you should know that the reason I had not responded to your inquiry was not because of lack of interest, but rather the answer was delayed because no messenger was present. So email wasn't a thing, (laughs) right? He was like, I literally need a guy to travel with this letter. um and he wasn't about to invest in that like because letters are expensive back then yeah very expensive and he wrote a long letter (laughs) like this is like pauline level of like i'm gonna write a really long letter you know describing this stuff um so one of the things that i think is is worth pointing out here is he says not because of lack of interest not only do you find out it's because they're both very much involved in this investigation um but i thought that was an interesting part the first time i read it i was like oh so he's Very much emphasizing, I'm very interested in this topic. This is fascinating to me. Um, Later on, he says, you asked what you ought to believe about the dog-headed ones, namely whether they arose from the line of Adam or possessed the souls of animals. That question can quickly be resolved. (laughs) Great, (laughs) glad to hear it. For if they should be counted among humans, there should be no doubt that they have descended from the offspring of the first human being. Okay. Um, he kind of, so he, he, yeah, well, and so then he, he builds this case and he talks a lot about like, oh, well, this must be connected to, um, and we'll read some of this later, but makes connections to what other ecclesiastical writers have said and um, and how like, oh, well, if they really are part human, then therefore they're connected to Adam. And that was your question. So, you know, straightforward. So that that's to, to summarize, because he talks more about that right after that, but we're going to keep moving. Um, he then says about these matters, it should be known that if we are satisfied with the opinion of our ecclesiastical doctors, like I just mentioned, um, then these dog-headed ones should be set among the animals rather than human beings, since the form of their heads and their canine barking shows that they are similar to animals and not humans. This would make so much sense to you if you had read all the things that I've read, where um, where we, we have writings from Isidore of Seville and August... Um, Augustine and several other people basically in the Catholic Church the prevailing theory was oh these guys are animals They can't be people they have heads of dogs and they can't even talk. Yeah, and that was kind of part of their classification of being human um, And and in this letter he challenges that concept which is really interesting um, and that's part of what fascinated me with this This whole investigation in general is like you find yourself thinking. What does it really mean to be human? Right <laughs> and of course you know, I, I base this off of the fact that we're image bearers of God, right? I think right. That's the thing yeah. that distinguishes us. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, they weren't talking about that in the Catholic Church. They just skipped over that part. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, um. So moving on here. Um. He says, uh, "But the letter that you kindly sent to me, while it indicated very carefully the nature of them, has taught has taught some things about the dog headed ones, which seem to associate them more with human reason." than with animal sensibility. For example, they follow some laws of society to which their dwelling in villages bears witness. They cultivate fields which can be inferred from their uh, harvesting crops. They do not reveal their private parts as animals do, but cover them with modesty in the way humans do, Hmm. which is an indication of their sense of decency each of the things that this guy mentions are consistent. It shows up in all the other places. All the depictions of them show them wearing clothes or, um, or even if they're stripped down, like something, again, covering uh, their, their, their privy pots, as <laughs> some people define them as. Um, I did want to go back uh, real quick and mention, as he's talking about those ecclesiastical writers, part of what is a big takeaway here is, as we move forward, he's going to talk about how he's surprised and he's like, well, hold on. Like, I thought these guys weren't uh, weren't human. Everyone is telling me all these writings says that they're clearly um, they're animals, which tells us something. If you're paying attention, that means he hasn't read all of these other Greek historians right, right, and yeah. Roman historians and all those guys who are specifically saying, yeah, it's a race of men. Here are all these details and tons of the details they mention uh, that he mentions that he says, oh, this means that they must be human. Or all things that all these other guys were already saying. But he clearly had no idea. Otherwise, it wouldn't have surprised him. And he wouldn't have said, wow, this is totally different than what everyone is saying. So it shows the bubble that he's in. And it shows us that he's not basing it off of what everyone else was saying. That's worth something. Because that shows us there's this corroboration between a, you know, at at that day and age, this modern investigation, totally unwittingly to them lining up with all of what other historians were saying throughout time yeah that counts for something um so moving forward he said they cultivate fields with harvesting crops they don't reveal their uh their private parts um he said which is an indication of their sense of decency as you wrote they possess not only hides to use as coverings but even clothes all these things seem to bear witness in a way that there is a rational soul in these dog-headed ones now since a city is said to be a collection of human beings living equally under the same law and those cynocephaly are said to live together in certain common dwellings and villages the definition of a city is believed to agree with that indeed they make he says this with such certainty indeed they make common collection of their crops And they could not live equally except under the law of mutual relations. Hmm. For where some law is kept, it is held together through the common consent of minds. Nor can there be any law which common consent did not decree. But law can never be established or preserved except by the regulation of morality. So he's like, look, the very he's really doing some in-depth analysis here. The very yeah. fact that these guys are living together, they're working together, they're, they're, they're farming, they've got homes. This tells us they must have laws, they have society. Clearly, they're, they're communicating and they have, um, whether they're written or spoken or not, they have common law. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a fascinating thing to point out. And he, he even then extends that and says morality, which is interesting when you compare that to him already mentioning. They have a sense of decency and modesty. He then goes on uh, later to say to cultivate fields, to plow the earth and to undertake sowing of agricultural agricultural grain reveals the knowledge of an art, which is known to belong only to those endowed with reason. Indeed, reason is required in order to search for the causes needed for individual actions. For example, which things to make the earth fertile and which method of sowing produces an abundant harvest. Without knowledge of these things, agriculture could never be practiced properly. To discern between lewd and the decent, to be able to possess the knowledge of an art, and to establish laws of peace and concord, cannot occur without the judgment of reason or the shrewdness of intelligence. Since you say such things are evident among the cynocephaly, you have supplied proof that they possess rational minds, but humans are distinguished from animals." By reason alone. Obviously, I disagree with that. Uh, Therefore, since reason seems to be present in the cynocephaly under consideration here, so he's even saying, I'm not saying all of them are, but at least the ones that you're interacting with or you're getting reports from and on, they ought to be deemed humans rather than animals. And he kind of goes on saying, hey, um, I'm not saying all the monstrous races are, are human. I'm not saying, you know, he's he trying to be very specific. Only the ones that you've been investigating Can we say based on that evidence, they must be uh, they must be human because they have reason and morality and civilization. Um, Then he he, then he goes uh, back to quote uh, Isidore of Sevilla. He says, Isidore also, when he speaks in his etymologies about a variety of marvelous types of human beings, says among other other things. For just as there are some monstrous ones among each race of humans. So in the whole race, there are certain monstrous peoples, such as giants, cynocephaly, cyclops, and others. Hmm. In saying this, he clearly indicated that, and he says, in my opinion, or in his opinion, the cynocephaly had their origins in the family of the first human. Hmm. Now, he goes on, and of course, this is where I disagree with him as well. Um, He's basing a lot of these concepts on um, the Sethite view. So he's like he goes on to say like well actually wait let's read this the next part then i'll then i'll go into that he says concerning the giants who are counted among these marvelous peoples there is also met one uh, th- there's also no one who doubts that they are humans born from other humans there's a sethite view seeing that we are aware that this is set down in the authority of the bible Since the synocephaly are counted alongside them, and that's what I want to talk about, it is thought that uh, that should also be observed about them, especially if those things are established which we read about St. Christopher or which common opinion reports concerning them. Okay, so he's mentioned reports, he's mentioning St. Christopher, there's a whole section where he talks about how he read this book about St. Christopher, and he's like, oh yeah, he interacts with the synocephaly, some versions he is one. Um, so he's, he's, he references a whole bunch of things in this. It's a very academic letter. Um, obviously, I disagree with the concept that um, that the giants were uh, born from humans and humans, right? Right. You know, we read right, Genesis yeah. 6 very much, so angels. Yeah, you know, you read hybrid. Peter, yeah. It's very clear. Yeah. But what he says, he's, he's like, look, even the ecclesiastical writers make a connection between the cynocephaly and these giant races and the cyclops. That's really interesting to me because that that's confirming what I believe to be the case, which is these guys are a type of nephilim, right? Right? They are they are a hybrid, chimeric creature um, that is not natural. <laughs> um, and so this connection that he makes, he, he very very strongly lays it out. It's like, hey, these guys are making this connection. We shouldn't ignore that, right? Um, which I completely agree.
0: Well, I mean, the only way that you can attribute hum- human you know attributes like they're talking about like they have um they can't you know they, they cover themselves they yeah they organize and they like all those things are really high intelligence things that yeah. are kind of reserved for humanity like yeah. humans um not baboons right right i mean they do at some level organize you yeah, know right. like, yeah, but, but not at that level yeah and i mean we're doing commerce and things like we're creating <laughs> yeah. you know economies and things
1: trading. Um, yeah.
0: And it sounds like that's what they're doing. The only way that that would be attributed would be the human side of their nephilistic, you know. If that right. is, I think I just made a word nephilistic. <laughs> uh,
1: you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: but they're as nephilim. They were. They were literally. That's the hybrid side of them. Of the human. Mm-hmm. The human hybrid mm-hmm. side of them that right. gives them that ability, and then the the mutated physical attributes would it's become. Yeah, yeah. It would come out of that. So, do you think that these also, when they died, would become demons like disembodied spirits? I, it's a
1: question I have I, how, I mean how on earth are we possibly supposed to know right I mean, I don't know. we can guess and assume like, oh probably yeah now okay, you know personal opinion this is, this is speculation there's, <laughs> like, there's just again there's no way to prove this yeah but i've I've read a lot of things um, in South American folklore, and they describe dog-headed race that are the protectors of the spiritual realm hmm. essentially when they do ayahuasca and stuff <laughs> they will oftentimes see these dog-headed people that are essentially more or less these spiritual priests on the other side hmm. that would support the concept if that's the case that yeah maybe they then um become these they don't, demon they don't, spirits they're kind of they caught in around. the middle yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so i again i mean how on earth am i supposed to validate that but it's interesting it's interesting, nonetheless.
0: So maybe, maybe the machine elves are some some of them some previously cryptic, cryptid creature.
1: Yeah, I mean that's part of what I was uh, mentioning in the last episode. I think is an aspect that you know a lot of these creatures that we mentioned they look like what they were described to look like when they were alive, which is interesting to me. Hmm. Um, and you and I talked after that episode where we talked about some demonic encounters i had and, and, and how that supported that concept where i realized oh wait yeah if you're out of your body you actually have the same form and that blew my mind it's <laughs> was like how is that a thing yeah but it was at least in my one experience um with that yeah so you know i and and, and i did mention last time i mentioned the little guy <laughs> yeah a little short demon that was just chilling it was really weird and i was like why would you be small and it's like well if he was just straight up a little nephilim and they just kept the same shape like the big ones i encountered and all these other guys like that would make sense
0: yeah
2: and there's a whole with the tiny people (laughs) yeah is have that's where you have the fairy folklore which is very close to absolutely ufo encounters mm-hmm. at least the old stories take they take them away to another
1: land yep,
0: yep. um absolutely and all kinds of stuff like that so. I, I
1: i i think that that's the case i think that's very much there um there are a couple people that have have made that connection and, and written some stuff on that um oh man it's, it's killing me i'm trying to remember who Jacques um, Fillet wrote one <laughs> Oh, did he? Yeah. About, uh,
2: Journey to Magonia is
1: all about fairy lore. That guy, yes, I did read that. Yeah, that yeah. was very interesting. Yeah. That guy. Shout, yes, shout No, I was like, trying I was trying to remember. I was like, I'm
2: not sure if that's the one I know there's other ones, but I know. Yeah, pa- he was, passport
1: to Magonia. Passport to Magonia. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I yeah, I have read that. That was really interesting. Um you guys can look that up. It's actually free on the uh, archive uh, is it dot org?
2: internet archive The i Archive, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah
1: online you can just read the whole thing on there that's where cool. i read it yeah um I, I do think that that's the case um i mean i'm trying to make, i think his last name was zimmerman he wrote a really thick book <laughs> a really thick book going over something like 700 different fairies and creatures and he connects it all to the nephilim wow um and i actually really appreciated it i think it was um is that modern he had some good yeah he, it, yeah he put it together like this is me spitballing I think it was like a couple of years ago okay Um, but yeah that was really interesting he talked about the Tuatha de Danann who are like this this Irish race that um, well they weren't Irish who showed up and they were basically Nephilim if we're just going to simplify the whole long story right yeah they show up have all these magic powers all this great stuff and eventually over time become the fairies right interesting And and then and then some of those you know creatures and they also become gods and then they get adopted into catholic saints there you <laughs> so go. that's great there you go um but anyway so so that that concept i i i agree with i think that it's 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 highly likely that um that that a lot of those concepts of leprechauns um <laughs> some of the weird stuff we mentioned last time of like magical uh like wizard dwarves and um all all those kind of concepts of, yeah. of fairies and, and gnomes and I, I do think that that probably stems from a reality of short nephilim um, who had demonic magical powers. I think I know it sounds wild, but I, I think that that's a very real possibility. You know, it
0: stinks about that is like I think about our resurrected bodies that we're gonna get. You know, like mm. when we get to heaven, and uh, and I always think, well, good, I'll finally be like six three or something like that Maybe you know? i mean
1: i don't know how that part works right i don't either but
0: what if it's what if jesus is <laughs> like, like
1: no you look the same yeah.
0: punk guess what you're five nine <laughs> yeah deal with no, it he, for eternity
1: that one person is like three eight and they're like what i <laughs> know <laughs> right
0: well that's Did what i'm just, saying yeah or maybe because they because they're hybrids and i'll make it to heaven they don't they, they get the they get the truncated version of what it's supposed to be like, and so they don't get <laughs> oh, that's the, interesting the glorified, thought, right? you know. Yeah,
1: like, I've talked to some people, like, wait, so if definitely if gets saved, because is a big, big, yeah, <laughs> debate. Like, are there going to be dog people in heaven? I was like, I mean, I don't think they're going to get no, saved. No, I don't think that's, that's possible. My opinion. I don't either.
0: But that's why we have demons, because they weren't redeemable, according right. to Enoch. Yeah. But but I'm going to throw out something. Oh, yeah. Right, right,
2: because yeah. we're talking about all the dog-headed things mm-hmm. are... So there's, the, when they, when, and I think Jasher talks a lot about the actual creations where he, they talk about like, they took 50 sheep and they took 50 goats and then somehow they bred them together. There's Jasher? like specific.
1: Like that or jubilee or something like that? Yeah. yeah one of those. I can't yeah. remember. One of the J's Jasher, I think. Jasher talks about so much. It's yeah. hard to remember.
2: Um, but it gives a lot of specifics of like how they did it. Like they took these. Right. Well, they don't say how. They just said they took this number and this That's number rough. and then they put it together. Yeah, I think that is, Josh. And then the the so if these dog-headed people were not the offspring of if it was fallen just, if angels. it was just
0: general gen, like humans and dogs were somehow put together, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I was thinking of it a joke. <laughs> no, How that's, that's my mo- that's
2: modern white women. Uh, um what? what (laughs) nothing uh (laughs) disregard that uh no if if they're the uh if if they're the offspring of like genetic experiments like with yeah right so it's not just husbandry
0: of some kind right
2: so by no fault of their own they're not the but then
0: would they have a soul
2: yeah that gets dice i
1: i I would say that that rabbit hole though i'm tracking
2: yeah if it is something that's beyond their control like if all of a sudden they had no like they weren't evil if they're just in all of this stuff. So w- would jo- would God well, in his wisdom know like hey they this was nothing of their own? I, I would, would
1: argue this. The story of the Bible tell very plainly tells us that um, Revelation, the result is him getting back to what the original world was created to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And that didn't include them. Right. So I, I'm I'm going to kind of paint a broad brush stroke there and say probably not in that right. case. Also, since think about the Nephilim. They didn't get to pick that they were an unclean hybrid that was born. They didn't make mm-hmm. that decision. But right. like Adam and Eve, no, actually not like Adam, Adam and Eve sinned. And then their progeny, all of us, we inherited that sin nature. The angels don't have progeny, except, wait, a few of them did. And when they sinned by doing so, they also inherited a sin nature mm-hmm. the problem is jesus died for humanity and these are this hybrid race well it's now, clear you can debate it,
0: it's clear the Bible. yeah the 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 new testament specifically puts redemption on mankind
1: right it's, a, it's, a, it's a well it's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a a signed, from the angels right yeah. it's like not for the angels but right. for humanity that's right and so what what some of these scholars in history um throughout the catholic church debating like well but if Adam is also a part of their lineage, do they get that or not? And that's the back and forth. It's the debate constant yeah. debate, like who can land on I, I lean towards no, because if God went out of his way to have the Nephilim slaughtered off the face of the earth, probably not welcome in well, heaven. Well that's that's my the opinion. whole
0: that's the whole flood narrative is right. one of the well, main ones is, is because, and Joshua. Well, it was corrupting the human Right. It was corrupting humanity to be yeah. un, so that they wouldn't be redeemable right and so he had to put an end to it yeah and so he
1: took no one and, and then they kept intermarrying and God kept saying no you can't do that and that's when he wiped out his own people right It always had to do with the seed Isaiah 6 is really interesting because mm-hmm. it, it it says that he's like actually I want you to go and tell them I'm taking you guys out because you've gone all the you've gone too far. Yeah. And now that they're intermarrying, and we know that's the case because at the end, he specifies, I'm going to cut cut the tree down to the stump. And he says, the stump is the holy seed. He's like, I will have the Christ come through you and I'm not going to let you and your, your wicked sins prevent that. Right, right, yeah.
2: That was actually the counterpoint that I was about to bring up as to why they could possibly be saved. Oh, I'm curious. It's Go because on. when, well, the whole thing is, the whole reason that they were wiped out was because Satan was trying to corrupt all of the seed so that Jesus couldn't come. So Oh, now that he's he's here, if he's already there, and it wasn't cor- if, if it was prevented, then
0: yeah. yeah, you're still demon spawn by definition. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it is because I think I'm not, that, I'm not saying you, I think this, I'm but just I like that you're I, yeah, you're yeah. doing
1: exactly what we talked about, yeah, but, right? Entertaining a thought.
0: There's a there's a deeper theological stance that you have to kind of enter into the conversation and that is every human being that's made is from god's desire Mm -hmm. these were not the desire of god yeah it wasn't part of the original design right and so if it's god's mind then it has a spirit or a soul that is redeemable if it doesn't come from god then it doesn't have a soul that's redeemable and so agree you know so that would that would be the That would actually be the dividing line. So, are these the will of God and do they have it's that nefesh, you know, that Mm -hmm. it talks Mm -hmm. about that spirit and counterpoint animals in the Bible are said to have the same nefesh.
1: They, yeah, well, they have this, they have souls, not spirits, right? Sure, distinction,
0: yeah, there's a distinction. But I'm just, I'm just, but that's my whole point is that the is there a spirit that was placed in them because that spirit comes from God, Mm. it's that image, it's that. Imago Deo, um, image bearer, made in the likeness of God. In the image, and
1: I need likeness to correct myself. They they do have the spirit in the sense that they have the breath of life, but people confuse those two. So right, right. They have the breath, but that's not saying that they have no moral spirit. Sure. I just wanted to say that someone someone out there is going. Wait, what?
0: And then there's a whole debate about original <laughs> sin too. Like born born separated from God. Is it is it Are you born separated from God, or do you you know come to a point where that is
1: imputed. That is imputed onto you, right? By by uh, behavior. Well, then you have the question of, well, hold on, what if you know I have the line of the Nephilim in my blood? Do mm-hmm. I don't? Do I not? To? It's like, yeah, no, I think you're fine. R- well, yeah, Would be my argument, like, you now of course, there's then a you difference ask the of, between where's the line, what ratio, and like, so, well, first of all, I don't think it's a helpful conversation. No, well, clearly I, none but of us are, are gonna, Nephilim, but
0: people are going to go there. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh, I've had and, that conversation a lot. Yeah. I mean that's going to be like, and that was the debate of the church fathers. Apparently, that yeah. are these men or are they creatures? Or, Here we are or, having
1: the same conversation right. that they had for hundreds of years. Right?
0: Yeah. And so, it's but interesting, you know, it's in the mind of God. He knows, and he, you know, he'll.
2: That, that was my whole thing. Is like, yeah. if God can, uh, I, this is not. Uh, oh, I probably should have. I've said worse things on this podcast so far, (laughs) but to take the whole, the whole point that I was going with is like, say someone is born mm, unable to, you know, so someone is not able to understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. I'll just say it like that by no fault of their own. They're born unable Mm -hmm. intellectually or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Right. They'll never understand it. Are they going to be counted, you know, is God going to be like, oh no, they didn't, they weren't baptized, they never verbalized it? No, He's going to take care of them,
1: right? He, and, he's, he's just so whatever the right solution right. is, that's what He's going to do,
2: right? That's and that's what I was extending yeah. over to some of these creatures. But,
1: yeah, no, it's an interesting, well, yeah, interesting
2: take. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I disagree with your interesting take. I don't.
2: <laughs> I, don't I don't. I'm not saying I agree well, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, just yeah. throwing out stuff. It's too. something
1: to think about. Maybe, yeah. maybe we
0: should continue this part of that conversation on the Substack. I did, I did want to finish. There are
1: two paragraphs left. Yes. Two paragraphs. All right. Just real, real quick here. <laughs> cool. Let's so do he it. says, in that same letter, he says, along these lines, I would not believe that these cynocephaly, whom we are studying, and that's where we get like, oh, they've been studying them. This is an investigation that they've been launching for a while, consistently possess um, rational minds, even if they have their beginnings from humans. Uh, were I not persuaded by what you wrote and by those things which we read? Okay, so. Reports, investigation, also documents that they're reading, or which were reported concerning them. Okay, now also, also these other reports. Now, however, and that's that's why I think it's possible that he might have actually seen them because he distinguishes reports from what you told me. Hmm. Yeah, that to me tells me oh maybe he did have his own encounters and that's why he's separating that from the reports because otherwise I'm not sure why you why you would do that, but I could be wrong. He says now, however, there seem to be such strong to be such strong and so many things said about them as reported above that it would seem to be stubbornness rather than prudence to deny them or to disbelieve. Hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then he, he he says later, he actually wraps up saying, Con- concerning the book of St. Clement about which you asked, it is not counted among the authoritative, uh, authoritative writings, although it should not be uh, repudiated in every respect for certain things are encountered in that book which do not pertain in every respect to our ecclesiastical teachings, but those things which are inscribed in it contain, uh, concerning the deeds of St. Peter are accepted as if they contained nothing that contradicted or denied the Christian doctrine. I thought this was interesting and something that we don't have time to go into, but because he's going back, he's res- he's responding to something that um, that Rimbert was asking about. Well, well what about saint clement and we can kind of ask well why was he asking about saint clement um turns out there are some versions and i have not verified this because i've found different versions so it seems like there are some versions of, of the clementine homilies who, like that mention sinusephaly there are other versions like no no no, that never happened so i'm not sure it's already pseudop- uh graphical so right right so you know uh, not doctrine not doctrine Correct, at all yeah. um and even he's saying, he's like, yeah, we don't really trust most of it. But we do believe the stuff he said about Peter is what he's saying here. Um, so it's very possible that that's why that was brought up in, in conversation. Um, yeah. And I found that interesting. So yeah. that's, the, that's some of the highlights of the letter. It's very detailed. He goes through a lot of different arguments. But I found that fascinating and very convincing, the fact that they were these two guys that were launching an investigation. They were gathering reports documents like these guys were going all out with what they had at that time yeah and this in the 800s yeah yeah i mean that's wild um traveling and getting this like the one when you break it up rimbert's out there he's doing field work and then we have uh over here and he's like the bookworm and he's like he's the guy in the chair right yeah (laughs) so he's doing all the research and they're comparing notes and they're writing his letters and i wish we had the other letters um was one of the only surviving letters from their correspondence but that to me uh, spoke a lot the isolation the way that they're investigating the facts that they say that they're finding and um and how that compares to all the other things that we found
2: I mean just the fact that they're both getting funding to do this yeah means
1: again expensive letter yes
2: catholic
0: <laughs> no, church that's all I'm going to say yeah catholic yeah, church that's true, they've man. got a telescope i mean they have more named they, uh, yeah lucifer or something like that yeah
2: and i mean that, that's the thing is too uh, yeah <laughs> So do you think like I, I would believe that in the catacombs, down in their huge library, you know, because it, it, it's something I heard something insane. I'm talking out my butt, but I'm making up something. <laughs> but it, it it's it may not be factually true. It's sure. spiritually true. Oh, okay, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It's intended. can you maybe use your mouth then and say <laughs> yeah? yeah, yeah. Um, is it's some large percentage of all the documents that are in the catacomb in the the vatican library right. have not even been looked at they don't even know what's in them because right. they have they just
1: boxes have of they have thousands of them letter. i've heard it, that yeah they just I, took probably, stuff it's pretty likely well <laughs> they, that they did they kind of stole stuff from lot, I all over yeah. the world I,
2: I think that's the i don't think the uh alexandrian library was burned i think it was Ooh. taken to the
1: vatican is it wrong that i almost hope that's true because i just really hope oh, that they yeah. get released someday yeah i mean I, that's what i, thought. I really remember how they were going to
0: storm area 51 like, like <laughs> that went so poorly. Like
1: one guy makes it over the fence and yeah. gets like
0: taken. Maybe, down. We, maybe we need to organize and uh, <laughs> storming the catacombs.
1: <laughs> Apparently, you didn't learn anything from that event. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and they're you like, just
0: announced it on a. Podcast. They're like, the Protestants have finally waged war
2: against us, dude. That would be. <laughs> Oh, my word. dude because they're a sovereign nation they, nation
1: they yeah, come out and yeah, like they're yeah. they come
0: out and they're like You're declaring war their armor with the knights you know the templar oh, knights i uh, mean actually security. that
1: would make me want to do it i just want to see <laughs> <Yeah>. them dressed up as <laughs> templar knights <laughs> oh man
2: but yeah so i would assume that like yeah all of these le- well we, we no, you know
1: you know what they supposedly have the time machine well i know. <laughs> I <laughs> like how we also said the hot
2: tub um, time machine. You, oh, you guys don't know like, the one? There's, there's oh.
1: obviously more than one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, supposedly, uh, the Catholic Church has several cynocephaly skulls and possibly skeletons. That's what I'm um saying. i i'm i'm trying to i'm still researching this uh the, the more famous one is uh the skull in Santiago de compostela mm. which i really want to go over there i really want to see if i can convince someone to at least let me see it mm. i'm like i just want a picture
0: just just a picture you got enough money bro um, it's all so, about
1: money yeah i'll be saving up
0: we but can, we can talk about that off air yeah i got some
1: yeah. i got some yeah. ideas got some oh, okay okay yeah, I got some oh co- wait okay huh. um so yeah that that is actually interesting because I'm pretty dang sure it exists because there were tons of academic articles debating it. Yeah, It's real. No, it's not, but it's not like any dog. So, you know, like back and forth. Right. So very interesting. Cool,
0: man. Well, this has been really cool. Um, It's definitely a good part too. It, and it kind of puts, you know, uh, skin and bones onto the ideas that we met, we, you know, talked about in the last episode about this. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the bottom line is, like i i think your assessment that these are just another type of nephilim Mm -hmm. that existed and maybe still do exist in you know remote places or they're just hiding you know from us or from from the rest of humanity or whatever right i mean and i still am convinced that you know we're going to have these things come out uh, I think so too. As in the days of Noah. I was
2: going to go into that. In the, oh, in, I was going to bring that up in the in the pre. Listen oh, to the next part. All get right, on
0: yeah. the So it sounds like Rosie's got some thoughts on that. So me too.
2: I want to hear your yeah yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun.
0: Well, look, let's um let's continue this on the Substack, and um all our listeners, you can go there and check out the extra uh extra content there on Substack. The link is in the show notes to get over there, and um and you can do that and. But uh, Seth, man, it's been really cool to have you on.
1: Thank you. This has been a blast. Yeah.
0: And um, I can tell you've definitely done some tremendous research, but not only that, but you're well-versed in your Nephilim, um, you know.
2: Apologetics. Yeah, <laughs> for real.
0: Like the, that that Isaiah verse and everything uh-huh. that you brought up, that's really cool. Um, that's, the, you. you know, props to you, man, for that. That's cool. I appreciate cool. that. Thank you. But, um, you know, if you come across any – Anything new in your studies, let me know, because we'd love to do updates and stuff like that. But um, also, too, to our listeners, if any of you have run into one of these cryptids,
1: (laughs) let us know, man. Or
0: if you have undoctored photos, please, you know, send them them my way. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, or email us all our podcast it
1: found anything that you think would be useful for my research please send it to right. me if yeah. <laughs> you could help set that <laughs> please please send to me there's so much but I want more i don't
0: know if you know what you're asking right now you, yeah. you know you're gonna get pictures that we cannot show to anyone else. Um,
1: <laughs> Preferably writings, but yeah, you can send me pictures too. I would be curious to interview some people. We'll see. Uh, yeah.
0: Oh man. So, anyways, well, thanks, man. We'll um, let's pick this up on the Substack. That's good. As you know, um, just a reminder to our listeners: don't forget Seven Weeks Coffee. You should go, but go there. Use our promo code All Out War for 10% off, and you can help us and the unborn. And that's what you want to do. So we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the All Out War Podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode, so please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWCast. These episodes are also available on YouTube, unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.